Hello everyone, welcome, welcome back. This is the Curiosity Complex, my name is Nat and today I have the second episode, part two if you will, of um, The Adventures of Toby. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, he's got his dog with him so if there's any background noise um, I do apologise but um, you have to deal with that with my dog so you know we're going to have to keep dealing with, with his dogs. Um, so yeah I mean we've already heard quite a bit in the first episode um, but we were discussing before we start recording this that that's kind of the the intro to the really cool stuff that he's been doing more recently. Um, so I guess Toby if you want to give everyone a bit of a recap about um, who you are and then what we talked about in the first episode maybe. Okay um, I'm Toby I'm 24 and up until very recently I've been living full-time in a van uh, working as a chef and also as a part-time gardener slash sort of handyman um, whilst photo well, photographizing <laughs> photographing I like that one photographing I don't do words so good but uh, capturing everything that I do on a on a camera um, and just keeping everyone updated on Instagram and that sort of stuff yeah um, so we we were talking about your um, escapades in Southeast Asia. Um, yes. In part one, um, some notable things about that was um, the the bikes that you rented. That was yeah a hilarious story. Um, and then the hot the hot springs as well. Yeah, um, like it was a, like last episode was a, a lot of non consequential stuff that sort of yeah. led me up to Scotland, where I sort of I guess found a greater awareness of what I wanted to do post-university I suppose yeah yeah okay so um we kind of if, if everyone hasn't listened to episode one yet um as Toby mentioned you're not going to be totally lost in the story but at the same time um I would go and listen to it because it is a good little intro into what we're hopefully going to talk about in this episode um so before the at the end of last episode Toby um put a lovely little kind of ending on it and said that he wanted to run um, the length of Scotland. Across Scotland. Across Scotland, yeah. The east to west. So, yeah, either, either way, that is something ridiculous. Yeah, so, and at, the point, at so, the point that I decided to do it, I couldn't even run more than five miles. Mm. And it had taken me, what, two, three months even to get yeah. from, like, running one mile up to five. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So, so what you were doing was you were in your van, you were living in your van, and yeah. um, you were just kind of getting up and going for a run, regardless. Yeah, just just to warm up in the mornings, get the blood yeah. pumping through your veins. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's let's carry on then from from there. Really, how did it kind of develop from not really being able to run five more than five miles to running? Well, what was the longest run you ever you ever did in that at that point? At the point of being like, I think I'm going to do it, or rather this sounds like a good idea I'd want to pursue. Yeah. It was around, I think I think I could run, I'd just run five miles. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Yeah. So how did you, how did that thought kind of continue to develop for you then? Um, well, I'd suppose, I suppose like, it started with just needing something to do. Like, I hadn't got myself like a career that I wanted to pursue, like, with a passion, but, I just found myself like needing a project to work on. Yeah. I'd already sort of like done, not done van life, but I was already like very much into van life and I knew it was what the crack was. And yeah, I just wanted a challenge, a new challenge, I suppose. And I'd never been to Scotland and I thought how like the best way you're going to see anywhere is like by foot. You're just going at that sort of speed that you can look around and experience it on a like, whole different level to if you just, cutting through in a van or I don't know flying from place to place like you're just going to get a lot more of a intimate sort of experience with the place that you go to yeah and I'd wanted to go to Scotland for a while people had told me that I would just absolutely love it um like essentially it, Scotland being described to me as like North Wales on steroids and I was like <laughs> yeah like that sounds great yeah yeah <laughs> so so I just said I was going to do it and at that point like everyone was just like okay Toby off you go like not really believing that I'd even pursue it let alone like sort of attempt it and sort of 
you know plan it out from like there was no reason for me to do it I wasn't doing it for charity I wasn't I wasn't doing it for any more than just to see if I personally could do it yeah and so I I did I I guess I, I I set off from home in January just having no intention of getting even up to Scotland I was going to do the run starting in May yeah um, and then originally planned to do it in a, like over a month period in the parameters of running sort of like 10 miles a day because uh-huh. I knew I knew my limitations were like quite low I suppose like I couldn't at the point of deciding I was like I can only run five miles like a, and that's once and then the like next three four days I'd be knackered yeah 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 but I also knew like it was possible to run 10 miles a day and it wasn't that it wasn't that outrageous so it was going to take me I think it was 30 days maybe 35 days of running 10 miles a day yeah and I was like oh yeah (laughs) quite a lot um but the whole behind it all I was just like I want to be able to climb and sort of like hike up mountains all in between this as well like I didn't want to just go and do be there for the running it was like be there with whoever else decided to tag along at different moments and sort of adventure around Scotland with them. Yeah. So that it wasn't just like a sort of solo mission that no one else got to experience. It was sort of like a a joint experience with like the reason of getting there was just because I was running. Like, so it was like, a, it was, I wanted it to be like a whole adventure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but with like running being like the consistency, consistent thing throughout it. And it got to February and I was just like in, I was in my friend's house in Manchester about to start work at McDonald's. And I was like, this, this is rock bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm a, I'm a graduate from university and I'm about to start working in McDonald's and I did a trial shift and I was just like, this is awful. So I jumped, I jumped straight onto indeed.com, searched in jobs in Scotland. Yeah. And this place called Cregan Inn, which is like about 45 minutes down from Fort William, um, which is where Ben Nevis is. Yeah. Uh, sort of west coast of Scotland. And they rang me up and were like, do you want a job? And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so from, from just one idea of like even running across Scotland, just instantly evolved into like moving up to Scotland and getting a job. Yeah. And like, I, so I drove up about a couple of weeks later and just coming in into the Highlands blew my mind. <laughs> I was sort of driving along the main road through up up to the sort of north of Scotland and there was not a single car around. The snow like had just laid across. Like there was one one other car had been down this road like since the snow had settled a few hours before. Yeah. And just the scenery was just mind blowing and I was just like a kid in a candy store sort of just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and like I arrived at work, and it turns out like people up here aren't—I mean, they're just normal people. They don't—they don't just go out in the mountains every day. I thought if you live up here, you just do that naturally. But I was just like asking, like, oh yeah, what are the nearest routes around? And they were just like, I don't know. So, <laughs> so I—they—they I, they put me up in sort of—they gave me a room, and for the first month that I was up here, it was just like a full-on storm slash hurricane oh wow yeah it was just it was it was nuts yeah and every day I was out just running or cycling or getting myself up a hill and they must have thought I was just bonkers I mean but in all this time like it was all all because I was training to be able to run like 10 miles a day and within about so I started I started I decided that I was going to be able to like run 10 miles a day and within three months. So between January and the end of March, I was able to, I was able to run, I think it was 12, 13 miles, like comfortably and do a couple of those like back to back. 
Okay. So cool. Like it literally took like three months to do to I don't know turn myself into at least a bit of a running machine. Yeah. And in between all this, like I just like experiences such a next level of nature like you i'd be running up hills in between my split shifts at work sort of so you start work at 10 finish at like four and then i'd have two hours uh break before getting back on at six and i just yeah. run up and over a hill and get back and they just see me like coming back running to my room past the restaurant and i'd just be covered in mud and just drenched and they'd be like what is this creature <laughs> and then all of this like i was just slowly weaning myself off um smoking stupid amounts of weed yeah and i just and like, i realized that i was just smoking out of boredom instead of anything else yeah and so as soon as i started doing all this running and like just seeing all these like incredible different like landscapes and like I'd be running sometimes I think it was in the first week I was running along this like road and I just looked next to me and there's just a herd of deer just like stampeding next to me and I'm just like oh. I'm part of the nature <laughs> <laughs> you had become one with the nature man it felt like it like I, I had experiences like that just so regularly and I just I felt like I discovered a whole new world that people just didn't know about and I was just like telling everyone at work like this happened to me and they're just like that doesn't happen around here. Like, well, like I've never seen that, and I've lived here for fifty years, and I'm just yeah. like, well, clearly, you haven't been outside very much at all. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just so. So I just like turned myself from a non-runner and to being sort of dogs going crazy. I do apologise. That's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we. Where was I? I was <laughs> so I was running running around like crazy, um, and just got super fit and just ended up like freeing my mind from the grasp of smoking weed every day and my lungs just repaired and then all of a sudden it was like I just turned into like a new gear and I could just run all the time. Yeah. And man, that was freeing as anything. Yeah. And like it got me thinking like on all the levels of like where else was I sort of like not optimizing my health and stuff yeah and at this point like I started like uh swimming in the ocean it was literally just well it's a lock but it was connected to the ocean so I just like walk out my sort of front door or if I parked by um a different lock I sort of just like get out every morning and start swimming in the sea from like mid-April every day uh -huh. and that just is something else like I, I remember talking to you about it and just like it there are so many health benefits from just swimming in like ice water from like it, it does stuff from like it, it's like having the uh the equivalent of five coffees i think oh wow yeah and then on top of that it increases the uh density of mitochondria in your cells okay Cool. So that increased like how much like uh, energy my like cells could produce while I was running. Yeah. And then yeah. I dived so deep into this sort of thing of just being like, what else does it do for you? And it just like just for my mind, it gave me like a clarity that I'd never had before. Yeah. So was it how cold were the water? Did you have to wear like a wetsuit, or were you just in like? No, shit? no. <laughs> so I I don't I don't know how cold it was, but I guess it was. Uh, you use the scale know, of that. one, really cold. one to five degrees. One to five. I don't know. Probably like it didn't didn't it definitely was cold. <laughs> it was super cold. Yeah, yeah. And then it started going in like I just like paddle and I'd like spray myself with the water and then the next day like I just build it up until like there was a point where I was just able to swim. I don't know. Like in I think it was by the end of April I could swim sort of. 10 15 meters out and then back again without freezing to death oh, and good. yeah yeah <laughs> and it all, it all came down to like the control of breathing yeah like, the more you panic the less oxygen you're going to get so the more you're going to feel the cold and the more that you're going to go like risk hypothermia yeah so what, what, and... was, what was the first what was the first thought for you when you first went into the water what was like the motivation behind that was it just something you wanted to try 
Yeah, yeah. I'd like seen uh, this guy Wim Hof. Oh yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Iceman, and he just swims around like in icebergs and stuff. So I knew it was possible. Um, and then it was sort of like a. It might. It turned out of being like a sort of replacement kick. So like instead of smoking, I was swimming in the sea and just getting this like endorphin rush as you came yeah. out and realized like what you'd done and the fact that you weren't dead. And it was like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> and <laughs> and it was just so like if I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone if just having like a like even though it sounds horrible, having like a cold shower in the morning, like even if you just have a shower normally and then just switch it to cold for like as long as you can stand it if you do that every day for a week by the end of the week you'll be like so comfortable standing in the like cold water for like i don't know a minute to five yeah it's amazing how quickly your body just goes from like oh this is cold water let's go into shock mode to just being like oh this is fine we've done this before yeah yeah i mean i knew a guy um it's similar to you actually in terms of he um we were in south africa together and he he took uh, cold showers every morning regardless of the situation it could have been like freezing outside and he would have taken a cold shower um yeah and he, he swore by it he was like having a cold shower makes I, I haven't been ill in years like I, I don't get ill i feel so much fitter um i deal with you know temperature changes really well it's or, totally true like yeah, everything that he says yeah. yeah like just there are like benefits as long as you're around like it's just so uh yeah just just an incredible thing that if you have the opportunity to do it just i just do it like i only ended up giving it up because so i, I swam in the sea every day from april till the end of november and at the point of end of november like it was snowing outside and i was just living it in the van yeah and it wasn't that it was too cold for me to go swimming in but more that when I came out, I just had no way of warming up again. <laughs> yeah, fair so I was just like, okay, this is this is now getting pretty stupid. So we gave it up. Um, but I imagine that will start pretty soon again because summer's coming around. I mean, it's only January, but I like to think positive. <laughs> <laughs> summer's coming around. Like I'll, be, I'll probably be out swimming in February or March. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, just once the snow lays off. We had, I think it was like three or four inches the other day. Really? Oh wow! Yeah. Oh man, it was it was nuts. It was like I'd, I was starting a new job as a like gardener maintenance person, and they were like, right, we're going to dig like the foundations for this building. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. And then like started on the Monday morning, and it was just crazy snow. Like <laughs> so, I was like digging like through snow like just in a snowstorm like just to get down to this rock that was just super hard anyway i digress that's <laughs> just just a snippet of scotland in the winter for you yeah lovely but, <laughs> um but yeah so 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 i started uh where was i started with the cold water swimming um i'd given up smoking and i was just running like crazy and uh my friend ryan was planning to meet me out in uh, Inverness for the first leg of the run um, that I was going to do that was going to be hey. he was going to meet me up in Inverness and we were going to do uh, a leg of the run because I decided that doing it all in one month was just not fair on the job that I just got Yeah. so I I met him up there and although we had like this intention of just like doing this big old mission I was going to do 70 miles in six days and then have like two days to just chill out before starting work again and I was like driving up and I was like right I'm gonna run 10 miles today I run 10 miles tomorrow and I got up to Ryan and the first day I met him we just we went to the cinema we did some errands in Tesco and Halfords and then it got to about like 7 or 8 p.m and I was just like I should probably start running at this point I've still have not got that much daylight now <laughs> And at that point, I was just like, right, okay, time to take this seriously. And the first leg was okay. Like, uh, I, I got some new trail shoes just for the run, and I'd broken them in a little bit, and it was fine. And then the next day, uh, we woke up and we were setting off straight away. I started running with these shoes that I thought were like, I'd looked them up, everything was meant to be perfect. And yeah. by about mile or two, my feet were like agony. Oh. 
yeah yeah so and i'm like oh this is day two and i've told everyone i'm gonna be running like 70 miles and i like i knew i was physically capable of it because i've been doing it for sort of like maybe not 70 miles in a week but i was i've been cracking up the numbers quite easily yeah yeah um and i was just like what is going on and i ran seven miles that day uh well that morning and i got to ryan and he'd like cooked up an absolute feast in the van <laughs> Big it was, up, what a guy yeah oh it was great he'd done the washing up in a river oh, i just turned up and he was just in this perfect spot I was just everything ready and i was just like oh this is this is amazing so i sat down like ate some food and just crashed out for like i think it was about an hour i slept and just woke up and i was like sort of got out of the van tentatively putting my feet down being like how do they feel and as long as they weren't in the shoes they were fine yeah, and I was just like, "This is weird." And I've been training in these uh, shoes that are barefoot shoes, so they're minimalistic shoes which have literally no cushioning at all. It's yeah. just like a a very thin but strong layer that stops you like abrading your feet as you run. Yeah, and it's meant to mimic how like how you would naturally run if you didn't wear shoes. And I just hadn't thought about the fact that I've been training in these shoes and running in them for like month maybe two or three yeah so my feet had adapted to what would be classed as a sort of natural way of running where you go uh it's sort of the toe to the heel method of running yeah yeah um and these shoes that i got to like sort of tackle trails were quite high heeled so it was actually forcing me to run the way that i hadn't been running in months yeah and so it was just like completely throwing me off and I was just like right I'll just try a little bit in these barefoot shoes again which I've been sort of apprehensive to use because I'd never run that far in them like well I'd never run 70 miles in them they were sort of like my training shoes that I'd use to build up the muscles um so that like I could well I'd look I looked into it and running that way is the most efficient way for a human to run okay cool yeah, yeah it is it's super cool there yeah yeah the the company that I got it from Vivo were they're massive into it. If you look on any of their websites, they just all of it is basically like shoe companies are lying to you. They're just gonna break your knees, <laughs> and it's so true. Like all those running oh, injuries yeah, that runners get. Effort. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah all, all all the running injuries that runners get are because of the shoes that they're wearing because they force you to run in a way that your body isn't designed to run. Like we've evolved over millions of years to run without any shoes on and then in the last like 50 years we've got these shoes that have massive arches and like help you like they sort of direct your feet in certain ways like so supposedly support them but actually having that support means that your muscles don't strengthen in the right way and then when you're running they get weak and then you just get injuries off them okay yeah so i've been training in all of these i'd like i knew all the theory and then i was like but i'm doing trail running i'm not doing like road running now so yeah yeah need to get trail shoes and then two days in i was like nope back to the bare feet and yeah the the as soon as i put them back on i just flew like my time <laughs> just all, all all the runs after that were just so much faster yeah and every day like i'd run the 10 miles and that was like the thing we had to do and like the trip just evolved into climbing we went up like two or three different mountains and that week oh, wow and then, and then we got so i got all the way from inverness down to fort william which was a 60 just about 60 miles and I had 10 miles left to go and we knew that that day was going to be absolutely gorgeous so we were just like let's conquer ben nevis like tallest man in the uk we've got to do that while we're here and we took a route that just it's sort of like the long route that isn't where your average tourist will go yeah and it just goes along like massive ridges with huge falls and like you're scrambling up loads of stuff and it was just incredible like all the people that you meet are just super friendly it was we got to a point of like how much longer is this going to take and we just started chatting with those people and they were like ah well you're only about a quarter of the way and we we're just like oh great okay <laughs> and then it, it just it's one of them sort of mountains that every sort of verge like oh it must almost be there and then it turns out you've got way longer to do yeah yeah but every time like it's just 
it was just beautiful. And we got to the top and it was snow on the top and like, I think it was May that we were doing this. And there was snow on the top, made a few snow angels <laughs> and then started like cutting our way down. And at this point, Scotland just gifted us with a day, well, with a sunset of just, it was, it was incredible. Like so many different colors. And then the, uh, as we like sort of got down, we were just, I was knackered completely out of it having run like the 60 mile and then just sort of the the sun had gone well what we thought was down but then it had just gone behind a cloud and everything had gone super blue and like that sort of like blue hour where there's not much where the sun's just gone but you've still got loads of colors and stuff yeah and we sort of like we're just traipsing back to the van at this point and then the sun just comes comes out for like another go at it. It just came out from underneath this cloud and was just more sunset. And it just <laughs> blew my mind. Like it was something that like I just never seen before. And like just the level of appreciation for where I was at that point was just through the roof. Yeah. And Ryan and me were just looking at each other like, this is this happening? <laughs> yeah. And like that that just summarized like the whole trip of just being like blown away by just the nature that we have. Like even just in the UK and just like I traveled or like been like aiming to travel and see all these crazy things like the year before and sort of previous years to that as well. And I just realized that I could have just driven 10 hours north from home and had a way more intense experience than I did for like all the time that I was thousands of miles away from home. Yeah. And it just sort of put everything into perspective for me. Wow. That's amazing. And then, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was incredible. And like, I got back from that trip, just being like, knowing how much more I was like capable of physically. And it was like, right, I got the other two, two legs of the run to do. And I had to do one of them just in my spare time while I was not working. Cause it was pretty close to home or close to where I was working rather. Yeah. And I did most of that in the end. And then I took up, Kurt on his offer to drive me for the last leg and it was it was an interesting sort of like completely different sort of run because it was going along um the coastline from the most eastern point towards Inverness uh-huh. and the route was just not through the highlands in the slightest like it wasn't wasn't the sort of beauty that I was expecting and I started running and like Day one was fine. I did it and I smashed it. And Kurt was like, dude, you killed that run. Like, that was super fast. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's feeling like really easy now. Like, the first the first run was with Ryan. Like, it was it was tough. And every 10 miles, like, I felt every mile, but I was capable of it. And yeah. then this run with Kurt, like, after a month or two rest and training further, it was just, like, it was easy. And I was just like, right, okay. I'm... And so I went for the second run the next day and I was just running along and I was just like, okay, it's still easy. Like there was, there was no challenge and I wasn't getting any of this like nature at all. Yeah. Like that I'd, I'd been getting previously. Like it didn't, like it was just running along roads and stuff. And it was just, I mean, mainly poor planning on my part because I could have done a completely different route and got sort of like maybe a similar experience, but on, on the route that we had. And by day three, I was running along and I was just like, I hit my groove and I was just going along like I could like I have no doubts I could do this yeah and that was that was quite weird for me because I was just like I've never taken on a challenge like that and just been like oh yeah I've got this in the bag I don't need to even like worry about it and then I was just like it's actually quite disappointing this run like I'm I'm running like better than I've ever run in my life easier than I've ever run and I'm just like yeah not feeling it so, and at this point, I was just like, well, the only reason I'm doing this run now is to be able to say I actually did it. Yeah. And I was just like, that is the most ridiculous reason to do anything. Like, I'm not going to get the, like, I'm not searching for validation through someone else just to say, like, oh, yeah, I've run across Scotland. So at that point, I was just like, nah. And this, uh, I just, I, was, I turned to Kurt and I was just like, I'd rather actually take you to some of the more incredible parts of Scotland and just adventure there and go climbing and just show him the Scotland that I'd been experiencing for the last six months 
and I thought that was that was quite like a profound sort of like thing for me of just being like actually I do not care at all yeah about the result of like this challenge that I set myself like eight months ago yeah because I know I can do it and as the reason for doing it was mainly to see if I could do it and, and then I said yeah and it was it was super freeing yeah and yeah I think I think a lot of that came from like the headspace that you get when you run because I remember you did a podcast on mindfulness and I'd say like I certainly get that sort of like mindfulness sort of process while I'm moving just putting one foot in front of the other and I bet like so many other runners would say this is the same isn't it it's just sort of uh it's the flow of running that the runner's high I guess I call it yeah yeah and it just puts everything in perspective like oh all I've got to do is run and then you just end up thinking loads and loads and loads and then yeah so it running just sort of brought all of everything that I'd done in the last couple of years just in sort of perspective and I was like ah, cool I found peace with everything now I don't <laughs> I don't need to do all this like crazy like challenge that I've set myself yeah yeah um and yeah it was it was cool and then and then I just found like everything sort of settled and like I had I'd had this travel bug that I just wanted to see the world and I was up in Scotland being like I don't really want to go anywhere anymore yeah yeah like, this this, this is great yeah and, like I, I was, I've got my swimming I can go running up a mountain I can go like I don't know like everything I was panning out perfectly and I was working at the kitchen just doing uh what I'd essentially done in my previous job as well which was just cooking however sort of like however I was told to cook and not needing to think much on it and just yeah just super simple living and I was like I think I've cracked it (laughs) (laughs) I was just like I don't actually need any more in life and at that point I was just like "Mm." and I just I felt like I discovered something that people have been missing for years or at least I'd been missing and I would always be like oh people this people that they don't know anything and then I realized like I was more referring to people as myself in the past tense yeah and actually like it was just me being a dumbass for however many years <laughs> sort of like striving for this sort of like state of mind and I was like ah, oh, well I used to do was like run every day or do some movement every day and uh swim in the sea and then wow so I, yeah so I, I just used to do that every morning uh well oh man I'm super I've never talked about myself so much in my life. It's it's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I can tell that a fair bit actually. Yeah, it's 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 odd actually. Yeah. This this experience of just like telling my own story when actually like most people don't really stop to ask. Yeah, it's most a bit of a weird one. People often don't um, don't ask you questions like this in this kind of setting where no, like, you know all of this information. You know what you've done. Like you're doing a fantastic job of recounting it to me and everyone listening but at the same time you never get that opportunity to actually say it out loud and it's strange what it does when you do say it out loud because you kind of yeah. makes it sink in doesn't it at least that's how, yeah. I, how it makes it feel for me anyway what's odd is um it's actually quite similar to the journaling that i up until recently i was actually quite on it with so yeah I journal every day and it actually feels so, so similar to that what was good about the journaling though is like i can spout a load of nonsense yeah and no one hears it, right? I'm, I'm thinking, like, wow, I'm talking a load of shite right now. <laughs> yeah, everyone's hearing it, yeah. Oh, well. I've been doing it a lot. Um, I had some questions about, in terms of, you know, you said the first couple of days of the first leg really, really hurt because you were wearing the wrong shoes, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and did you ever have a point where, you know, you said, because one of my questions was going to be, what do you think about when you were running for quite a long distance every day? Um, but, like, how did you deal with, the pain in terms of like the motivation to keep going because I know the motivation for you was really strong in like an internal sense you weren't like you say you weren't doing it for someone else you weren't doing yeah. it to validate yourself to someone else you were doing it purely because you wanted a challenge um yeah. so the motivation in itself that being so internal is, is fantastic to motivate you to keep going but do you ever have points in the run where you were like you know what screw this I'm, I'm in too much pain it hurts too much I'm going to stop you know sort of thing I mean day day two I definitely walked a lot more than any other day like it was even walking took like a lot out of my feet yeah um but it was 
it was an odd one. I sort of just, I don't, I don't know how much I'd recommend it, but I knew it wasn't um, like a fatal sort of injury. It was just that my feet weren't in the right shoes. So I knew I wasn't doing any long-term damage. Yeah. And so it was more of a just grit your teeth and get on with it, which probably isn't the best advice if anyone's in pain whilst running. You'd probably actually be like, stop and figure out why. Yeah. But I guess that's what I did after after we got back to the van. It was only a fairly short run of seven miles. So I sort of troubleshooted it with myself and was just like, hang on, right, different shoes. Let's try a different pair, see yeah. how they go. And then like next minute you're flying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, so I it's guess... ridiculous to think. People are probably, because like you mentioned, you know, there's lots of companies out there that are making shoes that are more and more advanced to try and yeah. fix problems. Like when I used to run... <clears throat> excuse me i used to run um a little bit in terms of like i got shoes for uh, running into for sport like hockey and things like that uh-huh. where the shoes i needed weren't football boots or rugby boots not studded they were just normal running shoes yeah uh, and i went to a shop i won't name the shop but um <laughs> if, if runners if if someone is into their running they'll know what shop i'm on about um probably a lot of shops probably do it now but um when i was doing it they had like a machine that you um you ran on it and it filmed you uh-huh. you which way or if any you know which way your ankle was going if oh yeah yeah I've done like, well. over pronation all that sort of thing uh-huh. um, and then it you like they got a heated a mold of like a a foot shaped sole um, uh-huh. and they heated it up and then pressed it against your foot for like however many seconds and it kind of molded and told them that you know I have very flat feet so my arches aren't very high or raised mm-hmm. um, so they made this um, this insole for me basically that pushed my arches up and meant that my my running would be perfectly stable my, my ankles would stay stable and I wouldn't they, they yeah. said I wouldn't get any injuries from it um and and same thing with you I started running on it and Jesus Christ that was so much pain to like yeah. to, to feet to adjust to that is ridiculous yeah um, and you sort of like you start wondering like why why try and fix the problem instead of just finding the root of the problem and just stopping that I mean, yeah, because I mean, I had that recently, actually, I was in the gym, I was doing um, me and a couple of my friends have got into CrossFit. Um, uh-huh. And one of the things that people do in CrossFit is skipping. So like, um, they're called double unders is where you do you jump in the air, and then you pull the rope over your your head twice. Okay, yeah, yeah. one one rep. Um, I can't do those yet. But um, I've been so I've been doing normal skipping. And I've, I did it a couple of days ago. And the only reason why I couldn't complete um the set of skipping, I think, was 60 continuous skips, and I had to do 30 and then 30, because every time I got to 30, my feet just hurt too much. The movement of, and probably the shoes I was wearing as well, the movement of, because I haven't skipped in ages, and that movement just hurt my feet so much. Um, oh, yeah. But it, it, again, it's amazing how quickly you adapt. And this barefoot running, you basically ran across Scotland barefoot. Um, yeah, essentially. Like, I ha- it wasn't properly barefoot, because I yeah. had, like, those barefoot shoes on. But it, that's a ridiculous but... thing, because... Surely, did your feet not hurt in terms of like the ground, you know, if it was gravelly or any sharp st- stones or anything like that? Um, not really. I, because you because you know your feet are more vulnerable, Yeah. you sort of become a lot more conscious of where you're placing them. Okay. Yeah. So like, it, it does involve like a lot more of a, like you can't just, well, you, you, you sort of get used to being able to spot the route that you're taking and knowing where it's gonna hurt if you do smash it yeah. yeah yeah and in the end in the end i did mess up my foot pretty bad but that was just because i thought it'd be a good idea to like start doing a few front flips onto the beach <laughs> and then <laughs> and then this was in november so it was completely after i'd done the uh-huh. yeah. running and stuff um and i did i did two or three and nailed them and then the last one i was just like yeah i'll record this one because i'm nailing these it's quite fun and uh on that one, my foot, I landed it and my foot slipped in these pebbles and just hit like this massive rock underneath. Wow. And it's just, it's been messed up ever since. I'm actually getting a little bit like, what's the word? Caged up at the moment because I'm just trying to wait for it to sort of heal itself. And Yeah, yeah. Because it's not broken, but it's just sore. So... Yeah, it's struggling. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, so as long as you're not being stupid and you're actually being quite conscious of what you're doing, the shoes are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of of those shoes, and I've I've, I've known about Vivo for a while. I just yeah. never got round. I mean, I totally look into it. Like, yeah, it will. It helped my flat feet because I had flat feet as well before. Yeah, yeah. And just because the way you run, like it, you 
feet sort of adapt. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. mad that we've been spending all this money to like get these shoes that will do all this crazy stuff, and you've got like two biological things at the end of your feet, the end of your legs. Sorry, that just yeah. will adapt to whatever you put them through. Like, yeah. I mean, the way I, I often think about it as um, I, I like to think back in terms of like caveman times when we were when we didn't have any technology. Yeah, we starting up. People then didn't make shoes, or at least I don't. I'm not aware. If any anyone that does history wants to correct me on that. Um, but as far as I'm aware, we often didn't wear shoes. So we were we evolved to run barefoot effectively. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And and, then, and now it's like you say, it's pretty crazy that we're now turning around and making every single every single like technology, every advance that we can to try and make shoes fix the problems that we have. When in actual fact, like someone like you, a good little case study is someone like you that's turned around and said, well, I've just run barefoot in these barefoot shoes and all my issues are being sorted, you know? Yeah. So totally. like you say, instead of spending maybe two hundred quid on a on a shoe and an insole and et cetera, et cetera, because it's like yeah. the newest thing, you could spend about a hundred quid for this Vivo barefoot and Yeah, they are quite they are quite pricey, but they yeah good. Yeah. Um, what what is really good is in the summer I actually ended up um I lost my shoes. And oh, no. for about a whole month I just didn't unless I was in the kitchen where I was wearing my kitchen shoes, um I was literally just barefoot everywhere. For like a whole month, I just didn't wear shoes in the slightest. Yeah. And like I was still running, like I was running sort of miles and miles, just no shoes on at all. And that that gets people looking at you funny. I'll tell you that. <laughs> people, people have done that. There was a, a story. A woman did that. She ran. It was quite a quite a long time ago, I think. But she ran mm-hmm. a marathon in like the Olympics or something, completely barefoot. Um, and yeah. she's for it. It's definitely something people do it's just you know yeah. not, not social the guy last year ran uh land's end to Gianna groups completely barefoot yeah. and he ended it on a double ultra marathon as well like he, okay. his last two days of running he just runs like over 30 miles both times jesus crazy yeah that is mad um and then the another thing i want to talk to you about was um i know we've had a conversation about this before but um it was unfortunately not recorded um, was your your kind of your journey with um, becoming uh, sober, getting off getting off weed, and all of that yeah. side, that side of things? Um, so, what was the? I mean, I know you've said in the previous episode a little bit, but what was kind of the motivation behind genuinely trying to kind of wean yourself off? Um, well, I always everyone that smokes, no matter how much you say they don't want that they don't mind smoking, everyone wants to stop smoking. Like, it's just an underlying thing. If everyone knows it's not an attractive thing to do, you smell. And if anything, it's just annoying. Because you're always being like, oh, yeah, I just need to go out and have a smoke and then I'll be fine. Yeah. Like, there, there was that sort of, like, underlying thing of just being like, I just, I don't want this over my head all the time. And then with the running, I was just like, I'm getting so fit and stuff. But then it's so counterproductive to be then sort of smoking up to 10 spliffs a day just... Like, like it, it just seemed so sort of like, what's the word? Just counterproductive in, in everything that I was doing to try and improve my fitness. And then I'd just be smoking. So I was just like, no. <laughs> so yeah. Then, yeah. Like, I, I just saw the sort of like irony in it and was just like, right, well, let's slowly start fixing this. Yeah. So were you, were you smoking because you were, not that you necessarily had to, but was it kind of did you want the high that you got from it or was it more kind of yeah like, sort of thing? i mean i enjoyed it like it, it was especially working in a kitchen environment where everyone is stressed yeah yeah like just that's just how it is like there are just drugs in kitchens regardless of where you are someone somewhere will be taking <laughs> something <laughs> and that's a very reassuring thought yeah <laughs> Well, it's more a reality check. Like, I dread to think like the amount and like the high-end stressful kitchens because you're just under so much sort of pressure that you'll take anything you can to sort of like get you through the day. But yeah, yeah. for me, it was just to calm down after that. And before at uni, I just use it to sort of like quieten my mind so I could sit still for five minutes to do some studying. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that that was the reason of doing it and then I found like actually it was it was after the runs especially like you just get this sort of like qu- 
quietness in your brain, or at least I would, where I'd just be super chilled out and just be like, yeah, no, I don't actually need to smoke right now. Yeah. And then I guess that sort of went in hand in hand and been like, I don't really want to do this. And I'm getting this other sort of like kind of similar high just from going out running. So why not just have that? And then I was also getting sort of like a rush from going doing my cold water swimming. Yeah, yeah. All of those sort of like, it just, I wouldn't say I intentionally went out of my way to be like, today I'm going to stop. It was more like a, oh, I found this and this, this is quite a good replacement for this. Yeah. But even, even at the time of doing it, it wasn't like a conscious thought of being like, I'm using this to replace, I'm, I'm using like cold water swimming to replace the weed. It was more a, without me even knowing it, it was doing it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people often say, um, or at least I've been told in the past, if you want to either stop something or maybe forget something for an amount of time, uh-huh. doing something else is often a fantastic way of kind of clearing your mind. So like you say, the cold water swim um, in itself, you know, having just having to deal with your breathing, because that's the first thing whenever, um, you know, the RNLI will tell you this and, if you ever been to yeah like the cold water challenge cold bucket challenge whatever it was um the first thing your body does is is start breathing really fast yeah uh, it just it totally shocks it yeah and you it, it's learning to yeah. be like in control of yourself to that, the point that, where takes, just... that takes everything out of you like you, you can't focus on something else when all your no not at all is, right is... right there in that moment when you're just like completely maybe not even completely submerged but like your head's just above the water yeah yeah. And everything around you is just ice cold. There, there's nothing else going through your brain. You're not thinking about what you're going to have for breakfast. You're not thinking about how the world's politics are going absolutely nuts right now. You're just going, don't, don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, literally, the amount of control it takes to not, not panic and make sure your breathing is, is you know, controlled is ridiculous. Um, and it's the same thing with bouldering. I don't know if you did bouldering just for a bit of fun. But, uh, uh, well, uh, no, I loved it. Uh, it. It's quite hard in Scotland just because everything's so far apart. But yeah, yeah. No, so bouldering is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I found bouldering when I was doing it and I plan to, to keep doing it. I just need to go back. It's kind of the, when I'm there and I, I'm having to focus on what I'm doing, it's like a 100% focus. I'm not thinking about anything else. There's nothing else in my mind other than what's my next move? Am I, you know, is my body about to, to give up on me? Am I about to fall off this wall, et cetera, et cetera? Um, yeah, totally. Like, you're just yeah. very much in that movement. And at that moment, nothing else matters. Yeah, and I think that, that is quite a good... If, if you're struggling with anything, just be, being able to have, like, five minutes peace and quiet when you're just focused on one thing and that thing isn't really relevant to anything else. Yeah, yeah. It, it's super sort of freeing, I'd say. Oh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. So you kind of you finished the you finished the three legs um, of your of your trip. Well, um, we say finished on my yeah. on my third final leg. I just sacked it off because I was just like not. Yeah, not like bothered by it. To be fair, is, in my mind, that is finishing it for you because, you know, I suppose. Yeah, I, I came to a, a conclusion, conclusion of that yeah. adventure without yeah. getting to the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so what, what then happened once you kind of got into that state of, you know, I'm, I've cracked it, I've, I've got it, and you didn't, although you didn't technically finish what you set out to do, you did in a way, in your own yeah, mind. Yeah, I suppose I'd accomplished what I wanted to do, which was to yeah. see if I could do it. Yeah, so what was, um, what was the kind of the next step for you? Oh, well, I felt pretty lost, because <laughs> when you've had something like in your mind that you're training for for that long, and then just being like, oh. Yeah sit at home now, sort of twiddle your thumbs, and then, I don't know, just everything sort of came to, not a halt, but I was still doing my usual swims in the morning. Yeah. You know, like the the, the standard Toby day, like I'd still <laughs> keep it up. And at that point, I just started running. Like I'd run for fun um, just because I knew that that was, like if I had a stressful day at work, the cure was just to go for like a two mile sprint. Yeah. Come back home and I'd just be right as rain. Yeah, yeah. Um and then I actually finished that work and since then like I've just been I'd actually been searching for a job that was a little bit more meaningful than washing dishes. Fair enough. Um and I 
still can't quite work out how, but I've landed myself like without sort of any sort of searching, just sort of in the same area that I was working in, uh, in the kitchen, which is about 45 minutes from the nearest town. Okay, yeah. Um, it's like just in the woods across from where I was previously staying and working. Um, these people have employed me just to do sort of gardening and uh, another group of, well, another uh, couple that run a kennels have employed me to basically be this guy's like little apprentice for the next year just okay. doing that like so they run a kennels and they're just doing it um completely over the year so they're going to renovate the whole house they're renovating all the different like uh not cages but uh, enclosures i don't know what you call them yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah where the, where the dog stays so they're redoing all of it and they were just like we need an extra pair of hands and i was like yeah i'll do it and in the process of that, they actually had a charity um, for dogs and stuff. And I ended up sort of starting to foster one of them. And now, as you've probably heard in the background of this podcast, <laughs> Talia, the dog, has become very much a very much uh, constant member of the family. And as I was telling you before, before we started uh, recording that, I've finally uh, given up van life, which I guess was actually quite a big step. Um, yeah, yeah. And just being like, right, I'm quite settled up here. I've got like a great job. I've got a dog, got girlfriends. Like, you know, the, I guess one of the amazing things about always living in a van and the sort of nomadic life is that actually when you find someone that you really like, you can just stay. Like, there's no reason for you to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I guess that, yeah, you know what you're saying about this whole podcast and thinking about things? Yeah. I guess right, right now I'm just actually acknowledging that that is quite a big, sort of like from here on, it's going to be very much a different lifestyle, a very much more, I, I dare say, normal lifestyle. Oh, you can't ever be normal. <laughs> That's not allowed. No. Well, I mean, literally, the house that we've just started renting is right behind or at the bottom of the beginning of the hills that I used to run up all the time. And, yeah, so it, it's not like I've moved far away from anything that seems normal to me. Like, the forest, I just took the dog up before we had a call. Just um, There's a massive, like, sort of, pine forest behind us before it goes up into the mountains yeah and i guess that's what i call home now which is pretty fucking amazing isn't it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think a lot of including me are going to be extremely jealous to hear that yeah oh man i'll be i'll be snapping pictures and actually what's great about having a house is i can now like invite more people up to just come stay and experience it because every time someone new comes up and just sees this sort of place it's like whoa and I just get to live that new experience for them through them yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah I get to see it all for the first time even though I've sort of run these these trails countless times yeah so, yeah. yeah it'd be it'd be great to have you up if you have a fancy oh, I'm so down for that and anyone else that's happening to be listening that knows me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll just put it out there does anyone come stay I'll show you around <laughs> oh mate that's amazing that's so so cool yeah. Uh, I remember you telling me actually you you had a um for a while you were staying in like a millionaire's house and like a proper mansion and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that that was that, unusual. That... Uh, just a friend at New Year's was house sitting, so we went uh, went down and uh, she was there for two or three weeks, and we went down for about a week and a half. And it was it was a very odd experience having lived sort of, such a low low lifestyle and then going and seeing like sort of how millionaires live with a swimming pool and a kitchen that's the size of like two houses yeah you know it's it just nuts yeah um just having like horses that are worth more than sort of 100 grand cars and stuff and i'm just like what, what? this is this is just just nuts and well why why is yeah, this yeah, so yeah um it's amazing but yeah yeah that was that was cool i'm very blessed in the fact that uh just random things like that do sort of just happen yeah, I mean, I, I the impression I get 
is that there's kind of there's more going on in Scotland than than people realise. Oh uh, yeah. If you yeah. if you're like yourself and you you actually go and experience stuff, you can do a hell of a lot. It's there's a lot more than just like a you know a a bunch of hills. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose you could expand that to pretty much anywhere though. Is if you put true, yourself true, out true. there and start doing stuff. Yeah. True. You are gonna. Every, like it's just going to spiral it's like me coming up to scotland to go for a run has turned into like me having a whole life up here yeah 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 <laughs> there's the dog we knew it was coming yeah it was always gonna happen <sighs> I've just i'm used to it watching her tear toilet roll apart for the last half an hour but i couldn't be bothered to stop her because she would have made a fuss <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. So what's it been like owning um owning a dog, having a new person in the family, a new Um it's animal. cool. She's cuz she's a rescue. Yeah. Um she's come with a fair amount of problems and uh the lady that runs or was running the charity and runs kennels was just like, "Are you sure you want this dog? Like she is like mental." Yeah. There we go again. <laughs> so she wanted to be part Part of the conversation. Um, yes, yeah, she's like, are you sure this is what you want? Like, she is going to be a handful. And me and my girlfriend are fairly sort of animal-orientated people. So yeah. we were like, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> and to be fair to her, she's good. Like, she's a collie cross with, like, a German shepherd, we think. Oh, wow. She's just over a year old, so she is absolutely mental. But... Yeah. At the same time, she loves the van. So I can just go to work and leave her in the van for like oh, that's sort of so cool. the morning and then I take her for a walk at lunch. Yeah. And she has fitted into sort of like my lifestyle so easily that it's almost one of them things have just been like, oh, why didn't do this earlier? Like, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean... she rips, rips things apart occasionally, like <laughs> the whole load of toilet roll that I can see sprawled across like every single room in the house at the moment. <laughs> But that's literally just because I've been on the phone and didn't want to interrupt our sort of conversation just for yeah. a bit of, uh, yeah. But she's fine. And she she loves everyone that she ever meets. <laughs> like the, only reason, the only reason she ever barks is just because she wants to say hello to them. Yeah, yeah. Like even even when we were staying in, in town, like there'd be drunk people out in the street and she'd just be up at the window barking being like, Hey, hello. Do you, <laughs> you want to give me attention? <laughs> oh, she's so funny. She's got such a good life, you know, because like you say, you've got you've got the woods behind you and then the hills further on. So she's kind of yeah. got a oh. fantastic area to, to explore. Oh yeah, she she she's got it absolutely down. Like for like just now, I took her out and we just literally out the back garden and then you just into like sort of. The Scottish Forestry Commission. Yeah. And then up above that, it's just into like mountains that barely anyone goes and she can just roam free. Yeah, yeah. Unless there's, unless there's a livestock, in which case you do have to have her on a lead. But that's so, just sort of general um, dog rules. Yeah. Have you done a lot of uh, kind of research into, into keeping and kind of working with dogs since you got her then? Um, I got a book. Um, by a guy called Nigel Reed, which he talks about being like the guardian of a dog. Um, and he's really interesting. He sort of goes into the training of being like, you just have to prove to them that you're the alpha. And then if you've done that and you fulfill your need as a sort of guardian of making sure they're fed and watered, make sure they get somewhere to sleep, uh, exercising them. And then I think the other one's just like giving them sort of like purpose and basically just playing with them and giving them like different things that they can do and then if you've done all of that then no matter what sort of problems they've got you'll train them out of it yeah and so far this book has been like a godsend because the dog has gone from she she would steal all your food she would jump on top of you she she was basically like what you'd expect from a rescue from all yeah. the sort of stereotypes yeah and um she's gone from being like an absolute nightmare to um, whenever I take her back to the lady that I got her from, she was just, she's just like, what magic are you doing to this dog? Because she's just, <laughs> like, she just doesn't bark at all, like, when, well, she wasn't barking. Um, now she just barks if there's someone at the front door. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, just dog behaviour, but I'm also training her out of that. 
she definitely takes a lot lot of time <laughs> oh God, it was it was like having a baby at one point it was just like oh we've got a newborn child she wakes up yeah. in the middle of the night barking like crazy you have yeah. to put them back to bed and take them out for wheeze and stuff yeah yeah but at the same time like it's just yeah it's so much fun and soon she she um will be able to come out with me on runs and stuff and it's it's something else when you're running or walking along and then you've just got this like dog like she just she's very sort of wolf-like when you look at her yeah and and just like seeing her like go through the forest next to you you're just like wow you just sort of belong out here yeah so yeah it's very it's very sort of fulfilling taking her out in that and knowing that I've given her that sort of lifestyle yeah yeah that's awesome that's so cool yeah and okay. I guess that, that brings us up to speed with the I guess, random adventures of Toby since university <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much I hope I hope I've given you some interesting thought or whatever yeah it's definitely uh um I kind of I quite like it this way it's more yeah. of a a read a read between the lines message that you're giving um because you haven't um said you know i i think everyone should run barefoot and i think everyone should stop smoking weed and i think everyone should um, no take I, I say up. this has totally just been like an account of like my journey but i wouldn't ever tell someone that they need to do something because like i mean definitely for me if i'm ever told i should do something that you can bet that i'm going to do the complete opposite of what i should do <laughs> yeah <laughs> just that's not how people work you, you can tell them and show them like your experience but at the end of the day like you've got to come to your own conclusion of how you want to sort of live your life and yeah 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 I, that's that is why I, would, I tell you tell you what I've like learned but I can never say someone should do something yeah but that's the thing that's, that's what I that's what I like I think about it because you know it, it's up to me and, and everyone listening to to take what they can from your experiences. Um, so I, for sure, I mean, I need to start running anyway, cause I'm going to do a, um, a thing called the money dog challenge in cool. uh, June time, which is, it sounds, it sounds kind of, I think it's probably going to be more easy than we're, we're letting on, but it's like a 5k run. Um, uh-huh. It's like an obstacle course with your dog. Um, That's awesome. So it should be really, <laughs> really fun. Um, but I need to make sure that I can comfortably run 5k with, with my dog on the lead next to me sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, the, the obstacles obviously aren't going to be that difficult because there's going to be lots of different types of dogs and um, levels of running people that can run. Yeah. It. Um, I so think it, a lot of that will become like a lot more of like, like you'll be able to smash 5k easy, but oh, yeah, you'll yeah, be able yeah. to run it with your dog. Yeah. Having yeah. like the training and the trust between the two of you is going to be quite, well, I don't know how you and your dog are, but it could be quite the challenge to know that you can trust them to do all the things that, you're putting them through for 5k yeah i mean part of the issue i think is that i don't currently know maybe i'll get more info once i actually sign up to it but um once kind of once i do which i am definitely planning to and i think um i think i'm going to do it with my mum which would be even more fun because we've got two actually so she'll take one i'll take she'll take (laughs) technically her dog kind of thing and i'll take Uh my dog but they're all they're both family dogs um and it's kind of yeah i don't know what obstacles that they are at the moment you know i've seen pictures uh, so I think there's like a you know a bit of water you have to go through, uh-huh. which which is, is an issue whatsoever. Obviously, because that's the thing, it's generic for it's got to be generic for most dogs. And my dogs absolutely, they're, they're they're Italian water dogs, so they search out water if they can find <laughs> it. They'll in it. Oh, I bet they'll know all about cold water swimming. Oh, absolutely, they're, they're <laughs> um, and you know I <laughs> I have to get them out of out of lakes and rivers more than I have to put them in. You know yeah oh, i bet <laughs> and it's something like that doesn't phase me whatsoever because it's just going to be a little bit cold on my legs but she's gonna be having a great time and then um you know, probably have to jump over some stuff but she's great at that as well so um i don't know i think it's more of just a, a good opportunity to do some running and have some fun with other people i suppose yeah but yeah it I should mean, be good. so I, I hope uh i don't know some some of my ramblings have made some sense or at least inspired you to do your own research and what you need to do to run further even if it isn't barefoot just whatever you can do to improve your own sort of I don't know your I own it goes it, I think it goes for me anyway it went deeper than the new running I think it was more especially when you said you didn't complete it but at the same time you didn't need to because you you know you'd achieved what you wanted to achieve uh-huh 
and it kind of went deeper than that. It was more like finding finding happiness, finding that kind of you know finding that peace, that confidence. Yeah, the peace to be the serenity to be like I know I know what I can do and yeah, happy with. If what anything, I'd, I'd say I grew a lot more from that than if I'd have been able to just say, oh yeah, I ran across Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Like saying that I could run or had run sort of four hundred miles across the country would maybe not have brought me to the same sort of mind yeah. set and place. Well, I think I think it's so so powerful to turn around and be like, yeah, I'm um I know for a fact that I I, I can do that and I basically did do that, and it's yeah. like underlying confidence of knowing that you yeah and you... no and I think the thing for me was like it wasn't like an ego thing at all. It wasn't like a thing that cause it, like, I don't ever in in conversation I don't ever bring up the fact that I like even attempted to do it like it, unless unless someone goes oh what did you do last summer yeah, like, yeah. It, it's just something that I know within myself and I think that's quite powerful yeah definitely 100 percent. yeah 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 awesome well, let's sign off here then eh yeah do you want to do you want to give it another go or are you just gonna <laughs> oh god no <laughs> my biggest biggest uh failure of the last two years was signing off of the last one but yeah just thank you for having me on and yeah i'll keep listening to your podcast i absolutely love it oh i appreciate that that's great yeah keep it up man cheers well thank you so much for coming on it's been right. not a problem been a journey it's been real <laughs> i bet <laughs> right i'll catch you later man you are crazy all right it's cool <laughs> thank you so much um right. everyone listening thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed that um i'll tag toby's instagram um in the all the posts that i do so definitely go and check his page out give him a follow give him a like um because his photos are as you can probably imagine pretty incredible um so yeah everyone listening thank you so much we'll see you all in the future Mm -hmm.